Hi everyone, this is Emmy from Foodie Facts on Sharing Life Radio, and I'm back with another episode. This episode, I'm so, so excited to share with you. Um, I am jumping straight into it because I'm really excited, but this week, or rather last week when I did this interview, I did an interview with Chef Amanda Hamer of Edible Bliss 11. Amanda Hamer has been a chef for over 25 years, and she has some impressive baking skills, which I will like bow down to like that's amazing as she mentions in the interview she's been a pastry chef as well as a chef for a couple restaurants and the things that she is doing the fusion that she is doing here is mind-blowing she has thus far competed on the food network's donut showdown and she's also catered for the prime minister so she's done some stuff like the jamaican rum cheesecake and a spicy carrot cake which is really interesting her presentation work is amazing and you can tell how much effort she puts into it it's amazing what she does definitely check out her instagram page which has a variety of the items that she's made and her spread and layout it's at edibleless 11 on instagram so like i've said she was kind enough to let me interview her and it was such a pleasure to do so. Also, I do apologize for the audio. Zoom is a little bit of a headache sometimes when it comes to recording. And I was also really nervous to interview her because I'm kind of a mini fan here. But yes, um, here you go. And I hope you enjoyed the interview. Hello, good morning. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So just to start off, i uh, wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started your journey to becoming a chef. Well, my name is Amanda, and um, I guess I started, I guess it started very young um, with my mom in the kitchen. I'd always uh, mimic what she was doing and pretend to be stirring pots and pans. I'd use spoons in the toilet and I'd pretend I was making soup and stuff like that. It was one of the earliest memories of my mom telling me how I love to be in the kitchen. I went to camp and at the age of nine, I developed a liking for baking. And at camp, we were able to make cookies and pies and stuff like that. And I always excelled at those things. Later in, in high school as well, I mean, it was extraordinary, but I actually got like 100% in, in home ec class. So I really took a liking to cooking and home economics and stuff like that. After high school, at the age of 22, I decided to go to George Brown College to get my culinary arts degree. And then from there, I moved to different restaurants and I gained knowledge on how to just put a twist on my own cooking. And then I worked at Pusateri's for about five years. Pusateri is a high-end grocery store. I learned a lot there about different meats around the world, different cheeses, different uh, how to infuse different foods. And then I took that knowledge and I, I used it in different places that I went to. I became the head pastry chef at different restaurants, head chef at different restaurants. And then in 2018, I decided to quit my job and do Edible Bliss. Yeah, by itself. So I'm, like, I'm my own boss. I do not have any staff yet. But that's the goal, and to open a cafe and um, to go from there. So you you cook everything yourself? Yeah. Wow. I can cook for up to about a hundred people by myself. That's amazing. Yeah, 
it's 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 taken up many years to understand the time management and the dynamics of how to do that. With regards to going to school to learn um, like culinary arts, what made you decide to actually go and learn uh, academically? Well, not academically, but like in a culinary school, because I know some people, they'd rather kind of go into the work field and figure out everything themselves and kind of start their own business and learn by experiencing things. So I'm just wondering, like, how did you make that decision to go to school? I definitely wanted to have some kind of degree, diploma, mm-hmm. something underneath my belt. Plus, when you go to school, they taught me the foundations of your mother sauces, your five mother sauces, your cream base, your tomato base. They teach you how to make soup from scratch. Mind you, it's all French cuisine, but once you learn the foundation of cooking, you can apply it everywhere. They also teach you um, your knife skills. Those are very important, how to how to chop certain vegetables and certain things in a, in a particular way. So that's really important too. So that's why I decided to go to take up the one-year course and to just to learn the, the background of it. And was it like a, a vigorous experience, like going to cooking school? Because I know the media represents it in a very certain way, and I was just wondering, is that how it really is? Um, for me, I mean, that was 20 years ago. It was a long time yeah. ago. And um, <clears throat> it was only challenging for me because I had my daughter. So I had a two-year do- two-year-old daughter at the time, and I was able to bring her to class. But for me, I think because I'm so passionate about cooking, it wasn't much of a challenge for me. About Edible Bliss 11, that's your business. So you do both baking and catering. I do. And so I was just wondering, what are your, some of your like popular requests or orders? Because I've heard a lot about the plantain lasagna. Mm-hmm. That's, that's well, a so. popular one. So the plantain lasagna, I made a twist with it. I mean, South Americans, they usually have that dish. That, that's, their, I, that's where I got the idea from. But I decided to put kalaloo in it because kalaloo mm-hmm. is a, a West Indian type of uh, vegetable. I decided to put scotch bonnet in it and then the sweet plantain, the ripe plantain. Um, that's one of my popular dishes. Also, with, on the dessert side, the Jamaican rum cake cheesecake is another popular um, dish. Though I think those are all of them are very taken. They're likely to be ordered by many people, but those two stand out. Because I was taking a look at your menu that you have on your website, and I noticed a lot of like fusion, and that I think is really great for you to be able to kind of make your own. Because it's really easy to just replicate a dish and just take it offline. But to make something of your own is really, that's really great. So I was just wondering, how did you come about fusing ingredients from different cultures? And what your inspiration behind that is? Like, how do you come up with these different things? My inspiration for that is that I grew up in downtown Toronto. My best friend is Asian. She's from Laos, a little island off Taiwan. And I was born here in Canada, and my parents are from the West Indies, uh, Trinidad and Guyanese. Um, so that's where the, the thought process came from, that if I implement all those ingredients into one, people will be wowed by like a mac and cheese, but they'll be like, oh, this tastes different because it has a, an element of this country's in it or this, this country's taste in it. So, And I learned that from Pusateri's. Like, it's okay to mix different cultures together and because it, it brings about a different flavor like asian uh, rapini with eggplant and 
like that's Chinese and like Italian, right? You mix mm-hmm. those two together and it's, it's just amazing. Yeah, because I've noticed, like, because my parents are also from different countries. My like, my dad's actually Guy. I'm Guyanese. Oh, boop, 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 boop. So when I found out your mom was Guyanese and I found out that you were doing this business, I was like, wow, like, that makes me proud to know that someone's out there putting our food on top. I'm so happy that I can um, inspire you like that. No, really, like, it's, like, thank you for that. You're um, welcome. And yeah, like, I've noticed that there's different foods in different cultures, but when you look at them closely they're pretty much the same they have different ingredients but yeah like there's lasagna which is like italian and then there's like moussaka which is from greek but they're both basically exactly so that's interesting to see that there's different foods but they're really the same as well which kind of connects everything too is there any other cuisine that you think that you might be interested in like kind of delving further into in the future yeah um I guess both more South American, uh, African, uh, Indian. I love those. I love Indian food. But I would love to learn more about South African food and how I can implement those ingredients. And so you also do desserts. Yes. Um, your cakes look amazing, by the way. Thank you. Very, very fantastic. And this is kind of a personal question because I love baking as well. And I was just wondering if you kind of experience a different feeling when you're baking as opposed to cooking. It's yeah, it's calming. Right. It's I like I'll sit down, I'll listen to something educational, a podcast, mm-hmm. I'll listen to music, and I just getting a I get into a zone. And again, that stems from when I was like nine years old, cooking, baking at camp, and I would just be so focused, and everybody would crowd around me, and I hated it. I hated people watching me while I was doing my work. Yeah. But then I understood because they were, they were wowed by, how does she do that? And uh, like, it's just a gift. Like certain things are just a gift. People have a gift. I, I, I like to get into a zone. And when I get into a zone and I have time, and time management is key too, because when you have time, you're able to execute, especially baking because it's art. Well, cooking is art for me too, but with my cakes and my baking, it's art to me. So I like to take my time. There's like a, a slight line between really following the instructions, but also putting your own twist to it. Yeah, so, absolutely. It's a science too. Yes, it is. Yeah. The baking is a science, but cooking is an art. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Over the years, especially being in Toronto, do you think that there has been a difference in how people kind of respond to having all these like cultural foods and cultural cuisines around? Like, do you think people are being more open to them or... Even in respect to your clients that you've had, uh, do you think that there's been a change? Absolutely. Um, Especially here in Toronto, in Canada, we're more multicultural, so we're more accepting to trying different um, foods, even if it's totally different. Uh, Thankfully, it had positive reviews on, um, let's say, uh, a Caucasian lady tasting jerk chicken for the first Mm -hmm. time and she it's not what she expected and she like even rice and peas and certain things because like i'm just using caucasian for an example like they're we use a lot of spices and herbs and stuff like that they they don't to taste something like that and to be explosive and and wowed they 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 are accepting of it you know they love our culture they love the different flavors and stuff like that so they're more accepting to it but yeah definitely over the years people have more embraced you know Asian cuisine or sushi and different types of, I mean, just different ways to make sushi now too, you know? But yeah, it's more accepted. Yeah, I've, I've always 
felt it to be a, um, a little bit hesitant when giving people to try like food from back home. Mm-hmm. Um, whether the texture is off or it's something you're not used to, or the spices, or it, it always doesn't look as appealing as it tastes. This is why I infused it with Canadian and Asian. And I, I infused it because like if you were to take, you know what dal and rice is. Mm-hmm. If you take dal and rice and you were to just slap it on the plate, it doesn't yeah. look presentable. No. But if you were to infuse that in a way where you, you saute the vegetables or you and you put the split peas in a certain way uh, over the rice, people would be more, yeah. it would be visually appealing. And that's the number one thing when you're making food or desserts. It has to be, you have to eat with your eyes first, right? Yes. You've got to make everything you make visually appealing. Yeah, that's true. With, with most of the food that we've had, it's it's kind of hard to make it visually appealing just as it is. So I guess the, the fusion aspect is, is very smart to do. Mm-hmm. Well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what baba ganoush is, right? Yes. So like baba ganoush, I'm not a fan of it, baba ganoush, mm-hmm. but if you were to put baba ganoush in layers of something, instead of just as a dip, if you were to infuse it into something or into a pasta or something, it'd probably be more appealing to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Than just plain gray. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think I've, I've seen recipes where they actually mix hummus with it as well. Yes. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you can even infuse roasted hot peppers or something. Peppers, yeah. You know, yeah. Because red, red is an appealing color. These two questions are a little bit more on the deeper side, but I was just wondering, like, how has the pandemic affected your business and how are you been navigating through that? Um, in the beginning, I won't lie. I was very stressed out and I I didn't know how I was going to make ends meet. But then they came up with the CERB thing. The the CERB, I applied for it maybe twice or three times. And then um, this month has been incredible for me. I think people were more fearful of of reaching out or they didn't know. But I had this one lady who loves my cooking and she ordered like she would order a week's worth of food. So that kept me afloat. Um, January, February kept me afloat with money. In the past month that things have opened up and people are more, people are more rela- relaxed with this whole pandemic. Not relaxed, I, I wouldn't say relaxed, but just people are more, they're going out more. Um, people started reaching out and then I started putting things on Facebook and saying, yeah, I'm still taking orders. So then more, but more people started reaching out. So I have to say that I've been, I've been blessed throughout this pandemic and I, I haven't had to stress about money as much as I thought I would be. That's pretty good to hear. I think social media has really helped oh, yeah. a lot of businesses. And a lot of people, you know, even when it wasn't 10 people that you could have in, in your gathering, people still reached out and said, you know, it's my birthday, it's March, whatever. I'm going to be celebrated by myself, but I still want a cake. And so people wanted their cake and eat it too. Yeah. Good opportunity to not pass up on a cake. So. Exactly. Oh, sorry. And and another thing is that a lot of people, and I didn't push this really hard, but a lot of people since being in this pandemic and being with their family 24-7, they don't know how to cook. That's true. A lot of people reached reached out and said, okay, what can I feed my kids every day? Like, I'm retired of sandwiches. So I would help them out with that too. But I didn't push it hard. But yeah, that was some of the things that people reached out for. Yeah, I think being in this pandemic has made people cook more. Yes. And kind of learn more, which is in its own way kind of good that that's happened. The bonding of cooking too, because bonding yes. and cooking and bonding is this very special 
it's a very special um, time, you know, that a lot of people don't get to, to do that. I think food really brings people together. So I think it's very special if people were to actually use the opportunity to, to bond with their kids and help them, show them how to bake and show them how to make simple things like eggs on the stove and stuff like that. I think those memories as well stick around with you the longest. Knowing, because my mom would, she's a great cook and nothing I could ever make, even if it's the same exact recipe, would never taste the same. It's true. It's true. Same for my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, They say one of the... One of the elements that one of the senses that humans always um, go back to in, in their childhood is smell. You always remember a certain smell that takes you back in time, and it's either very comforting and warm, but it's always something. It's a connection that you'll never forget. Especially with social media as well, like with your business and people reaching out to you. I wanted to know especially with what's happening with like racial injustice against the black community and you yourself being a black contributor and a business owner. How have you like received the support, I suppose, that you've been getting? Because I know I've been like looking at other businesses and maybe looking at other pages and seeing some people are being overwhelmed, which is fair. And while others are kind of being frustrated with the fact that this idea of like, now you guys are reaching out or now you guys are showing support, which is a very fair point. And I was just wondering how have you been feeling towards that or kind of receiving that? Um, well, I, I did get a, a, an increase of people sharing and liking my business because I'm Black. And I found it very strange and I found it very, I was thinking in my head, is this genuine? Mm-hmm. Is this only happening because of this, this social injustice that's happening around the world right now? And my friend was just like, just, just take it. Who cares? Just accept it. And he was like, I want it to be genuine. I want you to reach out to me because you, you see my page or you've heard something good about me, mm-hmm. about my cooking, and that you want to genuinely uh, support. Um, but that said, it's like, I, I, I get it. I understand it. I understand what's going on. But it's been positive for me. It's been a positive feedback. It's been positive interactions with people. That's all I can say. One of the reasons I asked was because... In reaching out to people to do interviews, um, part of me was a little bit scared of whether or not you would think that this is just for just because it's a trend or just because it's something else and not because of genuine interest. So I was wondering how do people really feel? But I do hope that people carry this on further and you know just it doesn't stop here. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. I'll be honest. When you did reach out, I was kind of skeptical. I. I have a couple other people on read that I just, I couldn't respond back to, but maybe there was maybe like, I'm a very uh, spiritual person and maybe there was a reason why I said yes to your interview and not to the others. Yeah, I was, I, not that I was hesitant. I was just very, hmm, I wonder what this is all about or what she's going to yeah. gain from it or what kind of big corporation is she working for or yeah, yeah that did go through my mind. So well, that's, that's completely understandable for you to think that way especially now. I do very much like thank you for actually saying yes and doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. The, the moment I found out that you were doing all this fusion uh, work and incorporating so many different dishes, it's like, this is kind of like a dream to, to be able to do that. And um, it's very inspiring to see someone do that. You can do it. You thank can you. do it. <laughs> this is a, a kind of a fun question. Do you have any favorite spots that you would get food from when you're not feeling like cooking? 
I love West Indian, first and foremost. Um, I love Thai. There was an amazing Thai restaurant. It's not there anymore uh, on Wesley Street. Are you in Toronto? No, I'm actually in Oakville. In Oakville? Yeah. Okay, well, downtown Toronto, there was this amazing Thai restaurant. And every time I got my food, it was it was like they just cooked it. You could tell the freshness of it. The presentation of it was amazing. And um, they're no longer there, but um, that store, it was called Papaya. So there's Papaya, there is a... And people will disagree with me. I like Ritz. I don't know if you know what Ritz is. It's a Caribbean restaurant. I haven't gone out much. Sorry, nothing comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Nothing else, yeah. I, I tried this. Um, I don't know if you have it over there in Oakville, but it's called uh, Fresh. Freshy. Yes. Yeah. The food, like it's very health uh, based and plant based and stuff like that. The food had no flavor. Oh, really? Crazy expensive, high oh. end, middle, middle high, high end. Yeah. Not high end. It's just middle, but it, the food had no flavor. So I was very disappointed. Oh, because I've, I've, I've never tried them just because I, I kind of had a feeling of like, well, I don't know if I want to try. Yeah. Especially since it's a chain, not that all chains are bad. Um, but I was a bit skeptical of trying them. Yeah, like they have this, they make their own cheese, but it's like a nut cheese. Right. And it, that was like the best thing on the menu, but everything else was, there's no flavor, there's no salt in the rice, there was no, like it was just no, nothing that wowed me. But, and it was, at the end of the day, it was like very expensive to me too. Yeah, so I'm just like, if they could do it, I can do it. Like I'm, I don't have a restaurant yet or a cafe, but that's, that's my goal for the next, it was supposed to be for this year, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who knows? Might be sooner than you think. Hopefully, yeah. You, because you obviously probably make so much of the same items as well. Do you ever get tired of physically making them? Or no? That's good. That's good. I, I think in my mind, mm-hmm. because I, whether it's a new customer or a returning client, um, I get excited when people tell me, "Oh my God, that was so good! I need to order that again." Or mm-hmm. when a new client orders. And they call me back and they're like, oh my God, that was amazing. So I don't get, like I, I, every dish I make, I try to put love and care into it. So I don't get tired. It, it's a, an exciting feeling you get when someone tells you like your food. Yeah. And I think there's a certain joy to making things for other people as well. There is, yeah. there's a comfort. There's, and I used to be scared, like putting my food out there and people critiquing it. And then, but I was like, how else will I get better at this craft if I don't have people, different people critique it and taste it? So there was, and until this day, and I've been making the Jamaican rum cake cheesecake for a while now, mm-hmm. till this day, there's only one person that doesn't like it. That's too successful. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. As a open question for you, is there anything that you would, anything else that you like to say, whether it's to potential customers or just to audience, future chefs? If you have a gift and you have a passion, don't let opportunities pass you by. There's this post that I put up a while ago on Facebook and it said, it said poor passing over opportunities repeatedly. Um, I wish that I can go back in time and do what I'm doing now back then. Um, I'm, I'm making more money. I'm also my own boss. I, I get, I have full control of what I'm doing. So my excuse was that because I have two kids and I, I'm so comfortable with getting a two-week paycheck that I was scared to take that leap of faith. But 
I feel like I could be now. I could feel like if I did that back then, I could be further along with Edible Bliss than I am now. Um, but everything happens for a reason. Everything yeah. will happen in its divine time. But yeah, my advice would be if you have a passion, you 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 have something that you um, really excel in, like a certain sauce, learn how to bottle that, learn how to sell that, just share it with the world. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. Um, and also thank you for inspiring others, including myself. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. Still working during these hard times. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know it can be a task, especially to cook a lot, but thank you for doing that. Are you an aspiring chef? I am not sure. I am definitely interested in doing something further with my cooking. So far, I've just, just cooked for myself or cooked for others. And I love baking a lot, but part of me does want to explore that a little bit more. I'm currently studying photography, so it's a big it's a big shift. That would have been my second choice if I didn't go oh, really? into cooking. Yeah, photography. Oh, I wow. love photography. Mm-hmm. That's, that's interesting. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, the, the two can come together as well. There is food photography. Absolutely. But maybe one day, I think, I'm leaving it open. I don't know what else there lies ahead so can i ask you a personal question of course yeah how old are you i am 20 20 yeah oh my god you're a baby (laughs) yeah (laughs) my daughter's 20 oh really yeah 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 so you've got a lot to learn and you've got a lot of time so don't rush into it make sure it's something that you really want to do you've got a lot of time to think about it and a lot of time to change and that's okay yeah, I, I've always had this mentality of like, I have to know what's coming up ahead. But as of recently, just kind of go with the flow. Like whatever comes, I'll take it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. You're to welcome. This. You're um, absolutely um, welcome. Thank you for thank interviewing you. me. Oh no, oh, no problem. If you ever need anything from Sharing Life Radio, the radio station, we're here to help our community out. And yeah, thank you so much. Amazing. Yes. Thank you. I took a look at her menu online and you can definitely tell the fusion there. This idea of mixing different cultural ingredients and foods is so interesting and eye-opening as well. And some of these items are like saltfish phyllo cups, chicken curry apple bites, almond butter and polenta wraps, and guava beef stew, which is something I have not heard before and that sounds really cool. And of course, how can I forget, plantain lasagna. I think that's just genius for you to do plantain lasagna. By now you probably think I'm a plantain fanatic, which honestly I wouldn't mind being called, but I highly recommend that you guys try plantain. In fact, one of our weekly recipes on Sharing Life Radio is plantain, so if you want to see how to cook it, and it's usually always in the grocery store, highly recommend that you do try it. But back to the fusion aspect, I think that's great how she is able to envision this combination of cultural items or cultural foods in a way that's not weird or bizarre but actually really interesting and cool and kind of enticing to try. I think it's really cool to be able to have a set of dishes that have these distinct flavors that belong to a certain type of culture or a certain type of cuisine and being able to combine them and taste that all in one dish Uh, That's mind-blowing to me, and I would absolutely love to try her food one day. There's actually a video and an interview with uh, Amanda Hamer on YouTube from the TCN TV 
show what matters. And here Amanda actually speaks about cutting out refined sugar from one's diet. And I think it's a really interesting part of the interview to look at. And it's actually something that I myself struggle with. And I think a lot of people do struggle with. And one important point that I think she makes is not going full cold turkey on cutting out sugar um, because you don't really realize how much your body depends on that sugar whether it's physically or mentally or emotionally and instead what you can do is substitute those refined sugars for healthier sugars or healthier alternatives so for example agave or coconut sugar and obviously yes it will taste different and weird maybe at the beginning for you but over time your palate will get accustomed to it so really the key isn't just cutting sugar out of your diet, but it's just having different sugars. And I think that is really important to know and uh, an important message to spread as well. I think a lot of people, including myself really, have this idea that carbs is the bad guy, but really it's, it's sugar. The refined sugar really can get to you. But again, it's, you know, everything in moderation is fine, so. And that's it for this episode, guys. A big, big, big thank you to Chef Amanda for letting me interview her and for answering all these questions and telling us more about herself and her business. She was super inspiring to listen to, and you can definitely learn a lot from just interacting with her. She's very knowledgeable and motivating, and I eternally fangirling here because the things that she's done and the, the skills that she has and all these amazing things that she's doing is is just incredible she is still open for business so please please if you are able to definitely check out her food uh everything looks amazing if you go on her instagram page it's at edibleblis11 as well as her facebook page she has some amazing things call message to place an order and i'm pretty sure you won't regret it definitely put this business on your radar and have her on your radar because her stuff looks really good Thank you guys for listening to this episode and be sure to check out more of our podcasts and more of our live shows that we have up on Shared in Life Radio. Uh, we have everything up on Spotify and we've got new content always coming along your way. So stay tuned and see you guys next time.